De la patrulla de Minos de California. Weather headlines for today, yes. Welcome to the Revenue Generator Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear how industry leaders integrate sales, marketing, product, and customer success into a single business unit with a common goal of optimizing their revenue cycle. We'll unearth how innovators integrate data, technology, people, and processes to expedite demand generation and increase recurring revenue. Sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet a member of the Revenue Generation. Here's the host of the Revenue Generator podcast, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. Welcome to the Revenue Generator podcast, where we members of the Revenue Generation share solutions for how you can integrate your business to optimize revenue. I'm your host and the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. And today we're going to be talking about how businesses use AI to boost revenue. Joining us is Phil Olampi, who is the Chief Revenue Officer at Acclaimant, which is a comprehensive digital risk management platform that transforms how companies manage data people and processes through its workplace safety, incident and claims management, and analytic solutions. Acclaimant empowers risk managers to improve organizational behavior, create process efficiencies, and leverage the power of data and analytics to achieve better outcomes. And today, Phil and I are going to talk about using AI to increase revenue. Okay, here's my conversation with Phil, the Chief Revenue Officer at Acclaimant. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Doug. Great to be here. It's always good to have a Midwesterner on the show. Before we jumped off here, folks, I have to tell you, I learned that poor Phil has lived in Detroit, Toronto, and where else? Currently living in Chicago, so he is the most schizophrenic hockey fan in the history of hockey, I think. But I know the Midwest. But he knows the Midwest. Hey, and we're going to talk about AI a bit here, folks. So I think, you know, Phil, good suggestion. Let's start. What's your definition of AI and where would you say it's actually had the most impact for a revenue organization so far? Absolutely. And I do think it's important we start out with defining AI. Artificial intelligence, I think, has had many misconceptions, especially over the last 10 years. If you go back historically, it was largely an academic exercise, really gaining popularity in the 90s. But we didn't pay attention to it in the business world much. It was sort of a fun thing to do in college. And maybe there were some grants and experiments, but it started to yield more value as the 2000s gave way to the 2010s. And a few things happened at once. There was a confluence of an increase in processing power, which enabled better algorithms to be run. There was also an advancement in that academic space that found more business applications. And the third piece is the talent pool, the interest in learning how to create these models and work with them increased exponentially, right? So that confluence turned it into what I will call a hype and probably a valid hype, but still a hype over the past 10 years. And I struggled with what it was too initially, right? So I was working for a data and analytics company And I felt slightly embarrassed that I don't know if I could have defined artificial intelligence very well or holistically at the time. And I'm not one to like rest by and not investigate that sort of thing. So I went to an AI conference and this was when AI in the business world was still pretty nascent. And even the conference leader couldn't define it for me. He flat out told me, I don't know, 
which the Iron Age just never escaped me that he put on a 300 person conference, not knowing what it's about. So my next step was really, I wanted to understand the nuts and bolts of it, if it's going to be a big trend. So I actually took a class on Coursera taught by a gentleman named Andrew Ning. And Andrew is a top five expert in the world in artificial intelligence, but he distills it down so those of us that are mortal and have normal brains can digest it. And I went through the numbers and the basics. I'm not going to say I developed any expertise, but I, I developed an understanding that led me to a definition that has worked for me. And that definition is AI is simply uh, algorithms that learn from experience. So the more you use them, the better they get. And that can be applied in many ways, right? In today's world, there's the classic examples of Amazon product recommendations, YouTube video recommendations. But as we're going to see, that really moves into the business world and handles a lot of the activity and tasks that, frankly, we can't do or we don't want to do. So there's a real complement of abilities and strengths between people and AI that I think this offers for us. I have to say, I'm glad we started off with the definition because it can vary widely depending on how you're looking at the world, how you're applying it. And it sounds like we're not really in that Turing test place. What we're talking about is effectively machine learning, which is we're training the algorithm. But then we can get into this kind of crazy space that's sort of cool, which is deep learning, where it's you know training itself. It's ingesting data and training itself. I feel like what we're talking about here is really this machine learning capability with large data sets and the ability to train that algorithm to do what you want it to do. But don't worry, folks, it's not going to take over your kitchen. This is very much something that's about, as you know, Phil talked about, it's very much about how do we take large data sets, ingest that data well, and apply that data as it comes in to new scenarios as we go. I think I've got that right. Do I have that right? What do you think? Absolutely. And a okay. quick plug for those that want that Turing test type AI, where it's AI that can basically respond like a human. There's a gentleman named Ray Kurzweil that wrote a predictions book stating that by 2040, he thinks we'll be there. He's pretty optimistic. And where, where we are now is, yes, it's much more of a practical application. It's, it's not the you know, Hal that talks to you or anything like that. I think you've made a good case here as well to say that it's not abstract. It's everywhere today, right? So if you've got a car that's produced after 2015, I think it is, you very likely have some level of AI technology, especially if you have, gosh, a Tesla or any of the kind of newer electric cars that are out there. A big part of their efficiency is based on machine learning built into ingesting driver data. So where do we think this has actually really helped businesses on the revenue curve and where do we think maybe we've got some opportunity for improvement for AI? Absolutely. Well, it's been a phenomenal help in finding signal in complicated data where a human probably wouldn't be able to discover it. And it creates weird patterns that you wouldn't think of, right? Because it's a neural network or some other method of analyzing. But things like lead scoring, right, which really helps you focus your time, find ideal outcomes, and you know, be able to direct resources. What it can do is it can find those blind spots in your data where there might be a high conversion opportunity or there might be a higher value opportunity that you just don't know because you haven't combined right, the right factors to test that. That's been tremendously helpful in the industry. There are also some tools 
that have become very popular over the past five years that I'm sure many of your listeners are using, which would be tools such as Kaya and Gong that actually analyze your conversations in sales and coaches you throughout that conversation. It does phenomenal things like just uh, recording what was said. So you're not taking notes constantly. You know, there's AI to analyze your voice pattern and match that up with word patterns and be able to transcribe what you're saying. There's also topical AI in there where if they hear you going to a certain part in the discussion or there's a branch or there's an objection, it's able to pull up the right cards for you to get the information you need. For example, if a competitor is mentioned, these tools can pull up the battle card of that competitor with your talking points to guide the conversation into the right direction, the optimal direction for where you want it to go. Very phenomenal and a huge real-time lift on the coaching side because as a manager, you can't be on every call, right? As a sales manager, you're always drawn in quarters. So it helps you say, you know, you have this rep that is talking 85% of the time on every call, being able to go back and analyze why they're doing that and topically get a summary of what happened, not just a transcription, very useful for better and more effective sales coaching. The other thing I see is on the deal analysis front. So as a sales leader, you inherit usually a history of what happened. And it is a, an overwhelming task to try to go through that history and make sense of it because there are so many variables, right? There could have been a different sales process in the past. There could have been different trainings. The same phases of a deal might mean something different. It's, it's too much for one brain to really take in and fully analyze. And this is where AI presents a wonderful opportunity because it can tell you things that you never think of. It can tell you, you know, the characteristic of a deal that closes, right? These three, three things are present in 80% of the deals you closed. And maybe you didn't realize that, you know, there's intuitions that you have from years of experience, such as new management in a deal or in a company usually means they're ready for change, right? But New management within the last three months might mean that, but within the last six months, new management doesn't mean that. You're not going to pick up on all that sort of stuff in your own brain without some sort of assistance and, and AI capabilities behind it. The other piece of that is, what about a deal that you think is going to close and doesn't close, <laughs> right? Yes. And we've all been there. Yes. And you know, again, the intuition would be, well, if the management is supporting that deal, in our example, leaves during the deal, that puts the deal at risk. But what you might not know is that only puts the deal at risk after it starts, but before you deliver a proposal. Maybe after proposal, that management has already sold it internally and had enough support where they're not needed there. So it gives you these insights that lets you make way better decisions as you navigate the sales process and your engagements with prospects. So what we're really talking about here is we've got the power in our RevTech stacks to make our salespeople at an individual level, but also the organization writ large, much more effective. So many ways what we're talking about is how do we increase revenue by being more performant in the sales cycle at the bottom of the funnel? And any revenue leader worth their salt will tell you if you want to increase revenue, always start with sales efficiency. 
right? So it's either your unit economics will speak to a lot of different stats, but at the end of the day, how efficient am I at closing the deals that come through? And then I think we are also pointing to is how efficient am I at uh, recognizing which deals should be paid attention to? And quite often, one of the challenges for sales leaders is not overspending resources in deals that are unlikely to close. So it really feels like, and I have to say, similar theme with other guests talking about where AI has its most impact. And it's about the effectiveness of sales at the end of the day. Are you seeing anything else in the market that would say that we're going to get help towards the top of the funnel? I'd refer to intent data as a good example. But do you see marketers at some point benefiting from this equally as well? I think intent data is such a game changer on two levels, right? So it provides a whole new world of data insights that we did not have access to 10 years ago, right? It tells me what people are researching, what keywords are relevant. Have they been on my website? What have they done? All these actions getting logged, right? And that lets you mine, to your point, not just top of funnel interests in terms of where do you focus your SDR and outbound efforts, but also on the marketing side, right? Better targeting your ads based on these characteristics and using that as sort of a wide variable outcome to how you target and retarget in the future. So now we're empowered to be relevant to people that are at a position in the buyer's journey where it's actually going to help them advance, right? It's going to help educate and, and advance them. And you can more efficiently use your sales resources, right? So I would expect conversion rates. I would expect top of funnel flow to increase for all professional sales organizations, especially in the B2B world going forward. And I've certainly seen some of that lift in my own career, right? Just the difference it makes with those sorts of technologies, especially at the top of the funnel. So I'm brand new to using machine learning and AI. I have a fairly traditional RevTech stack. I'm a CRO. I'm hearing about this stuff. I'm going to spend a little bit of money. I'm going to make a change. Where would you start them? Would it be deal analysis, conversational intelligence, or some other area you'd say, guys, start here. This is the first place you want to be. Fortunately, heuristics don't change much, regardless of technology. And what I've always done there is I take a look at my entire funnel and all those sales phases within it. And I try to figure out what is my bottleneck, right? Figure out where you're broken. Like you said, the, the efficiency of that process, where is it inefficient, right? Are you losing folks at proposal? Is that your biggest inefficiency? Are you losing folks getting out of the intro meeting into some sort of discovery process? Is it simply the top of your funnel is not strong enough, but you have great conversion as you get deeper into the funnel? I would let that guide me where I want to apply more of my time and attention and investment. And that includes an AI, right? So if top of funnel is determined to be the bottleneck, intent data and analyzing that data in an ongoing basis, I think could provide great returns. If it's more, you can't seem to close, you keep giving proposals that don't close, right? Then we wanna look at deeper deal type of patterns and determine what are we doing where it does close and what are we not doing where it doesn't close. And AI can help tell us that. And I expect those tools to continue to evolve and make it even easier for us. Yeah, I think that's sneaky good advice. I would say that it feels like quite often people are buying AI-enabled technology without realizing it, right? So good example is conversational intelligence by Gong. Not seeing Gong lean in hard to AI necessarily or positioning. Another is, and you talked about this a moment ago, but it's the ability to have 
reliable forecasts and ultimately not invest time and resources into sales cycles that aren't going to perform. So ultimately, I think that what we're talking about here is, you know, there is no easy answer. Where are your efficiency gaps in your funnel? Where are your efficiency gaps in the sales cycle? Throw AI there. Well, Phil, thank you for joining us today. Really learned a lot. Really enjoyed talking with you. My pleasure. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Revenue Generator Podcast. Thanks to Phil Lumpy, Chief Revenue Officer at Acclaimant, for joining us in part two of this interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow. Phil and I are going to talk about optimizing your sales cycle for revenue growth. If you can't wait until our next episode and would like to learn more about Phil, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is at PhilLampi1, that's P-H-I-L-A-L-A-M-P-I-1, or visit his company website at acclaimant.com. Just one more link in our show notes I want to tell you about. It. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, shame on you. Head over to RevGenPod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, apply to be a speaker on the Revenue Generator podcast, or you can even share your revenue generation questions which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is at RevGenPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. No TikTok, sorry folks. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Market Advocate. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of RevGen strategies in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, keep cranking because the revenue isn't going to generate itself.